Today's program is brought to you by Cane Vineyard and Winery, a Napa Valley winery committed to respecting the soil and dedicated to the creation of three Cabernet blends. For more information, visit Cane5.com. I'm Dave Arnold, host of Cooking Issues. You're listening to Heritage Radio Network, broadcasting live from Bushwick, Brooklyn. If you like this program, visit HeritageRadioNetwork.org for thousands more. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Sharp and Hot. I am your host, Chef Emily Peterson, coming to you live from Roberta's Pizza in Bushwick, Brooklyn. This is episode number 70, an auspicious number. Uh, Welcome, Anne. Anne's joining me in the studio. How's it going? It's going good. How are you? All right. So I just ate lunch at Roberta's for the first time in a very long time. I usually don't have time, but I made time. And the problem was that I left NYU this morning after having my students cook a full Mediterranean-style lunch, and I ate, I I have to eat their food because I have to give them feedback on how Obviously. well is it seasoned. Right, right. And But I knew I was coming to Roberta's, and I tried to be disciplined, and I wasn't. And then I came here, and I just ate <clears throat> an entire full lunch again, and I am more full than I've been in a long time. You had you had your 11Zs. That's a <laughs> Lord of the Rings reference. Nerd alert. Sorry. <laughs> I didn't get, I'm a huge nerd, and I didn't get it. <laughs> Um, but it's kind of uh, appropriate because it is Fat Tuesday. Yeah, I'm very excited. Do, is Mardi Gras a thing for you? Sure. I mean, I, I mean, I think I my mom like just like old school. I always remember her just saying calling it Shrove's Tuesday, which I feel like I don't know what that is. I think it's just like an old school way to say Fat Tuesday. I feel like it might have some sort of maybe like Catholic roots to okay. it. Could yeah, be lying. Yeah. Could be lying, but. Show of Tuesday, yeah, sure. Well, it's the it's marks the beginning of Lent. So uh, you, tomorrow, tomorrow is the beginning yeah. of Lent. So today is the day that you are as you, gluttonous and ridiculous as you want to be. So you're following suit. I'm following you're doing suit. it perfectly. And I, I will confess <laughs> that as recently as this year, I've always wanted to have a Mardi Gras party because, as the listeners have heard me say before, my father. Um, and I brought, I actually brought the cookbook with me today to show you the incredible food photography. That's awesome. But Thank my you. dad was a huge fan of Paul Prudhomme's Louisiana Kitchen when I was growing up. And every year I'm like, oh, it's on a Tuesday. And then I have to <laughs> remind myself, Mardi Gras means Fat Tuesday. Mardi is French for Tuesday. And then I have to like go through this whole thing. Like, it's never not going to be a Tuesday brain. But in my head, I'm like, maybe it's like Valentine's Day. And sometimes it falls on a Saturday. It's never not, not going to be a Tuesday never not brain. Be a, all right. <laughs> That's awesome. So, uh, yeah. I, I'm, it's, I, and I've said to people like, oh, yeah, we're this year we're going to have a Mardi Gras party. And friends have emailed me like, hey, are you doing that? I'm like, So you've lied to I, your well, friends for years. Or they say, you. oh, I wish I could come. I got to work. I'm like, how do you know that already? Guys, we're oh, just going to. Tuesday. <laughs> We're just going to have to buckle down and be tired, man. We're, we're going to buckle down and be tired and we're going to be full. So I have a cup of coffee here to help me. Yes. I feel like coffee is kind of like an after lunch digestive. Yeah, sure. So I put the recipe for jambalaya up on sharpenhot.com. Exciting. So if you are out there wondering what to cook for uh, a Mardi Gras feast, this is an excellent rice-based dish. Very, okay. very simple. Now here, let me get the book out. Yeah, let me it's, uh, go for it. I want. I, I haven't shown you this yet, so I want your full verbal okay. reaction. You ready? Verbalize. Verbalize. Right. <laughs> okay, that was. Authentic. Could you describe that for the listeners, please? <laughs> okay. Um, all right. This is serious. All right. Chef Paul Prudhomme's Louisiana, Louisiana Kitchen. He is a like rather large 
large man, big beard, like giant smile, very welcoming. There's sausage all over the cover. There's meat (laughs) everywhere. Um, Lots of hot dishes. I want to point out that that sausage is actually a skirt. He is wearing that yeah, sausage he is. as a as yeah, garment. He is. <laughs> this is hilarious. And this is your dad's Bible. Bible. Oh, man. Bible. You guys, I'm taking a picture of this and putting this up. All right, okay. put it up. So I, I I, took a screenshot. I, You know, I stole off Google Images off Amazon a picture of it. But, like, when you flip through the cookbook. Right. Now, I say this as someone who is a, is a failed cookbook writer. My cookbook has not yet gotten off the ground. Someday not failed. I, per, like, Oh, on your way. Point, it is on the sh- this, it is on the shelf right Potential. now. But I love that a, an era existed in cookbook publishing yeah. where a publisher looked at this and said, "Yeah, yeah, like let's do that. Let's do that. You know what? Could we get a little more sausage in his midsection? Just put it in like a skirt. Let's it, just what, wrap yeah. it around him. Let's see so, what happens. And then in the on the inside there are the food photography um, <laughs> includes raw un, like uncooked fish. Yeah. And there, there's a, sh- a picture that Doesn't has... Doesn't have a shiny eyeball. Nope. Like, mm-hmm. uh, yep. Pictures that have like... Oh, here. Here's one crawfish holding up the crawfish oh, pie. Oh, sweet baby Jesus. You guys, this Actual is Actual crawfish, yeah. Yeah, this is hilarious. So I don't... I can only imagine that that was never in jest. And it's only through the lens of time that this is funny. And knowing what like food bloggers go... The lengths they go through to make food photography so look incredible. Funny. This reminds me of like the era of like like cookbooks like dump cakes like you know, <laughs> dump cakes like with what's her face from the show the hogan family right, right? yep what's yep her name am i making that up nope I that know. sounds familiar oh, yeah, so i went i pulled out the recipe for jambalaya which is now one that i can make basically from memory and it is on sharpenhot.com and i have streamlined the recipe significantly the original recipe is so convoluted okay that i've gone i just went through and gave everybody i, I broke it down into like the 10 steps if it was a chef who was, this is a chef's cookbook. Like this is somebody sat and either watched him or he wrote it himself and wrote down like word for word, exactly what he said and exactly what he did. Okay. It's, it's very hard to follow. Okay. So I streamlined it. Um, and I'm hoping that people will cook it either tonight or sometime this week and take a picture and put it up on Instagram, hashtag sharp and hot. Yeah. I mean, so I'm excited about this. I feel like Amanda, my girlfriend at home, um, when I told her we were going to be talking about jambalaya, she was like, you listen up. She was like, that's all I ever want to make. Oh, no, um, but the first so, ingredient is lard. Okay. All right. But you so, can use butter. You can use butter. Okay. So you can use butter. Well, are there – so, yeah. So is there, like, a way – I know it's, like, chicken and sea – can you just do it with seafood? Like You're a seafood eater, right? Yeah, we eat seafood. But no chicken. Right. I don't, yeah. Okay. So, yes, you can do it with all seafood. And I'm going to let me pull up the recipe on the laptop, the one that I gave the listeners, because I actually did want to go through kind of line by line what I'm talking about. Um, you make this spice mixture, and it calls for half, I think in his book, it calls for a teaspoon and a half of cayenne pepper, which, if you use that total amount, will make That's render lot. the dish inedible for okay. the amount of rice that you end up with. Um, I, I got a listener question once from actually one of my very favorite podcast former hosts, uh, Jen Andrews, who hosts. Um, who formerly hosted TBTL, which the listeners have know that I'm a big fan of. But jambalaya is a rice dish. It is different from gumbo. It is different from etouffee. It's based on rice. So any you can put anything in it and leave anything out that you want or dislike. Okay. So the first step is you make this rice seasoning mix. I've cut down the cayenne pepper to half a teaspoon. When I make it, if I know that I'm going to feed it to our two-year-old, I omit it entirely because you can always make something hotter with 
Franks or Tabasco or whatever it is after the fact. Right. Um, so then you can use butter and not lard, but lard is preferable if you are if you have access to lard and you're not um, animal eating uh, edi- eating opposed. Um, <laughs> then the next two ingredients are diced ham and andouille sausage. Okay. Andouille sausage, which you would just omit. And I don't know that there would be a proper substitution because you're going for that like crispy fat, mm. crispy fatty. You know, tofurkey makes an andouille sausage. I know that you <laughs> find it a food substance, but they at least they, they use the proper soy and it's organic. So it's non-GMO at least. OK, but so try to use that. Listeners. <laughs> one of you that's still out there listening tolerating me <laughs> so then the next things are diced okay so the next three ingredients are known as the holy trinity it's a combination of diced onions um green bell pepper and celery and it has this very particular relationship to creole cuisine but it also has like it, it's the basis for every creole dish so it has it's called the holy trinity and as soon as you add it to the pan, you'll get this particular combination of scents that you, is un, unmistakable. That's very cool. Okay, then two uh, chicken thighs. You would omit those. <laughs> just going to be a lot of rice. No, no, because you don't cook the seafood. You put the seafood in at the very end. Okay. Okay, okay. so then you put in some garlic. You put in some uh, a can of diced tomatoes. And in the wintertime, I always use canned tomatoes. I would never use fresh tomatoes this time of year. Um, Although we did discover that there are some really good hothouse heirloom tomatoes that are available locally from the North Fork of Long Island and Mm. Maine, interestingly enough. But I wouldn't use heirloom tomatoes for this. Like a can of diced tomatoes is fine. Right. Okay. Uh, Okay. Then you have a choice of fish stock or chicken stock. You would use fish stock. Okay. Or seafood stock of some type. Uh, You can buy it from the store or you just Take some shrimp shells, put them in a couple quarts of water, simmer them for 10 or 15 minutes, and you have your own stock. Awesome. Okay. If you have shrimp shells kicking around. Okay. Then you put in your rice, and according to my father, it has to be Uncle Ben's converted rice. There's okay. No other, there's no other rice that will do. <laughs> what is converted rice? It partially cooked. Okay. Yeah, it's partially cooked, which speeds up the cooking process. Um, so, And then you can put in whatever seafood you want. So I use little teeny tiny salad size shrimp they're mm. usually in the freezer aisle in the grocery store usually in little bags that are tucked in the bottom corner because no one knows they're there they're, okay. I use them in everything awesome. um, I also really like the frozen langoustine tails from Trader Joe's Okay, I'm having lunch with the woman who's in charge of Sustainable Seafood Week NYC tomorrow and I have to ask her if that's okay so fun okay, I'm not yeah. sure that langoustine tails are okay yeah I feel like she might well I don't know you'll have to fill know. us in you'll have to let us I, know and, and it's one of those like I I have a huge soft spot for sustainable seafood, and I really want to do the right thing, but I just, I don't know that you can, I, I, I stand by my controversial philosophy, which is, if there's not a policy change, just eat what you like, because the consumer in this department is not going to make any change at all. But that's a very controversial stance. Oh, we'll, we'll, we'll tackle that off air. <laughs> we, can t- we, we can come back. We can, no, let's just, we'll finish the recipe. Okay, I have so to form a thought on it. <laughs> I'm, I'm totally willing to debate this topic. I could debate both sides, but I, I come down firmly on, I, I'm standing by my policy feelings. Okay. Um, and then oysters. Shuck yeah, oysters. nothing wrong with an oyster. Right, sure. Throw a couple of those in. So well, you could put absolutely. in 
Okay, yeah, wait, okay, okay, okay. I'm sorry. I keep interrupting. I'm so sorry. Up your quantities if you're doing just seafood. Up your quantities so that you're if you're going to lose two t- the volume of two chicken thighs and two sausages, or you know, a cup of diced ham and a diced sausage. Okay. You want two extra cups of something. So. Uh, you could use some, just like chop up some flounder, throw that in. Use maybe bay scallops, throw those in. Sure. There's lots and lots of options. But yeah. the, it's that it's based on a rice dish. Or the dish is based on rice. That's what makes the jambalaya. That's so exciting. Now, you put up a recipe, or you put up a picture of your king cake. Oh, yeah. Yes. So that was... <laughs> Um, It's not my king cake. As listeners all know, I am definitely not the chef on air. Um, But yeah, I was in Mexico a couple years ago and we got to visit um, a a bakery that was making Rosca de Reyes and which is just essentially king cake a little bit earlier in the year. But it has the same... um, the same kind of um, thought behind it, uh, behind it as the Mardi Gras king cake, and which that if you find the baby Jesus in your piece of cake, the little plastic baby doll, um, you win. And guys, I was a king cake winner. <laughs> baby Jesus <laughs> almost broke my you? tooth, so that was. Great. <laughs> Did you get a like great. bag of coins? No, or? you. It's really funny. I think so. You win, but then you just win the. Um, the pleasure of throwing the party the, the next year and paying oh. for the party. So it's more like obligation maybe than right. winning. Right. Um, and everyone's like, don't let me get the baby Jesus. Yeah, but that was super fun. I'm sure a bunch of people uh, in Louisiana right now are eating like a ton of king cake. A ton of king cake, ton of oysters. Have you been to New Orleans? I've never been to New Orleans. It's a it's a, it's a interesting place to visit. It is super high up on my list, but I have to say, unfortunately, no. So we went uh, over New Year's Eve to the year of turning 2012, and I we were there for four or five days, and when we were leaving to fly home at the airport, I thought to myself, if I lived here, I'd be dead in a year. <laughs> I was just like total excess, because yeah. you can drink. It's completely socially acceptable to start drinking first thing in the morning, right. and it's legal to walk around the city with alcohol in a cup. Like, there's no stigma attached to that at all. There are drive-through um, alcoholic slushy, like... Yeah, that sounds like... That sounds it's super fun. Like, how would you not do that if you were there? Like, no, no, I'm not going to go to the drive-through gonna, yeah. alcohol slushy. And it's just like... Sorry if anything... Our, our older... Our, our listeners of a certain age, my, and I include myself in that boat, there used to be little huts where you could drop off and pick up your film. Like, you would dr- drive yeah. through. You remember this. I do. I do. It's just like that, but instead of film, it's alcoholic slushies. That and, like... It's something to behold. I don't I understand... I don't understand how it's legal. I don't understand how it's okay. I understand how it works, though, because I went to one, and it was fantastic. This works into your policy uh, belief. If the policy's still there, you can do it. So (laughs) there you go. Exactly. Didn't change. You can do it. And then on actual New Year's Eve, which I've been told that Bourbon Street off holiday, off not on Mardi Gras, not on New Year's Eve, is actually a perfectly lovely, civilized place to be. Okay. But on New Year's Eve, it is just... (laughs) I mean, there's... um, Every bacchanalia you could imagine is happening. Like, and you're really kind of like drunk on sugary alcoholic right, drinks. Right. So you're just like, I saw more boobs <laughs> on that night than I have in my entire life. And it, and it was really, really fun. And I really, really loved it and enjoyed it because everyone's weird and everything is, you know, everybody's in this weird haze. 
I'd be dead in a year. Wow. And yeah. oh, and the I didn't even get yeah. To the what are you food. eating? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Everything's in a pool of butter. <laughs> Everything. I mean, it's like deep fried catfish in a pool of butter with a side of butter sauce and this like cream based salad. Wow. <laughs> is that really true? Like you just can't find like a, is it just not available or is no, it just I think, the season? Or? I think it's available and there are some high end like we went to Koshan which was incredible okay the other problem is people eat dinner at like nine o'clock at night so if you're like me and normally in bed by 8 30 I we had been drinking since like four o'clock in the afternoon at happy hour so by dinner time you're like this is so good you guys everything's so delicious this is really good and I could I I I don't know if that's what I ate because those were the things that appealed to me at the time. I don't. I don't remember. Right, like you I can't, don't remember. You can't really give like. An and I have very clear <laughs> memories. Like I remember the trip very vividly, but I remember it as someone who ate and drank just five days straight. Amazing. And I survived. All so right. that being said, we got to the airport and I was like, I don't think I, I, I can't go back there. Like I, there's just so many other places <laughs> I want to visit. There's so much excess, but it's like under my skin now. I want it now. I really want to go back. It's like a tattoo. It's like a tattoo. You just need to do it. <laughs> so uh, uh, I have a family member who's going to actually be moving there. And so we will have a place to crash eventually when everything is settled. And so that makes it a lot more enticing. So dangerous. Dangerous. So dangerous. dangerous. And grandma and grandpa are like, we'll watch James. I'm like, I think I should bring James. <laughs> James will anchor me. To or Earth. like get lost like somewhere. <laughs> Sorry. No. We're wandering around looking for mommy. Oh, he'll keep a therapist in business in his oh, later man. years. So how did you spend your childhood? Well, my mom got drunk and lost me in New Orleans when I was four. <laughs> and on that note. <laughs> on that note, let's take a break. There's a possibility that we're going to have a musician from uh, New Orleans call in, and but maybe not. Maybe and he's too busy. I maybe told I told Jack, you know, this, this could be a little bit of a train wreck of a show, but that's okay. We're giving up mistakes for Lent. Yeah. All right. Sure. <laughs> or just like better recovery after mistake. I'm okay with it. <laughs> All right. All right, the break song is called End of the World by Odetta Hartman. A perfect kind of Mardi Gras.
This is Chris Howell from Cane Vineyard and Winery, calling in from Spring Mountain above the Napa Valley. Thank you for listening to this show. In our industrial world of highly processed food and wine, we support the values of Heritage Radio Network. All of us at Cane encourage you to seek out individuality and beauty in everything you eat and drink. To learn more about us, go to Cane5.com. Welcome back to Sharp and Hot. This is Emily Peterson. I am your host coming to you live from Roberta's Pizza in Bushwick, Brooklyn. This is episode number 70. I was just corrected. We started drinking that day at 10.30 a.m. before we went to Cochon, which explains why I don't remember anything past the first course. (laughs) So um, on that note of drinking, um, it being... A City of Excess. There was a cocktail that I was introduced to, Anne, that I want to share the recipe with you because it is a regular standby in our house. Okay. In your house? In our house. Okay. Learned it down there. Oh, excuse me. That was <laughs> disgusting. <laughs> Happy Mardi Gras. Happy Mardi Gras. Can we take that out in post-production? Absolutely not. <laughs> no. Okay, so Real you serve deal. it in a martini glass. <laughs> I can't believe that happened. No more eating before the show. I'm in- Uncivilized. I'm loving it. It's the real you. It's the real me. This is. Did you see the list? I took a photograph of my list of things to do last weekend and put it up because it was like, do lawn. Oh, I put. I put. I had audit my socks. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah, Like, lest you think I'm too fancy. This is how I'm spending my (laughs) Saturday. This is my life. And I have to tell you, I I did a serious sock audit, and my life, my just the whole situation every morning is so improved just so just getting rid of like socks with holes and things like that or I'm good at throwing away socks with holes i i had okay. to match them all up again because i yeah. had this i don't have a proper dresser i have this basket situation <gasps> so do we yeah so, socks are really hard to find a home for it, if you live in i don't know ridiculous i think so so we so i've just been like shoving them in there and then every morning it was like 10 minutes to find a pair of socks like oh my god yeah yeah so yeah, i put sure. it i had to like put it on the list and do it so anyway, this is why the the Corpse Reviver number two is the best because it is perfect for like after I, like when you do something that you've been putting off like auditing your like socks, auditing your socks. Lest you think I'm too fancy, this is how I spend my days. Um, <laughs> it's served in a martini glass and it is equal parts one ounce each. Okay, lemon fresh squeezed lemon juice, mm-hmm. Cointreau, okay. which is orange liqueur. Yeah. You can also use triple sec. Sure, um, gin. Okay, and white lily. 
Okay. And then you shake it on ice, and then you strain it into your cold martini glass. That is all it is. Can you describe white lillet to me? Because I've yes. never had it. You've never had no. white? Oh, you have But this sounds more. fantastic. I think okay. Amanda is going to be home. This is like going to be her favorite episode. Like lemon-based alcohol oh, and, and jambalaya. Is... She is ready. <laughs> You're taking notes, babe? Okay. I expect to see some pictures. <laughs> okay, okay. Okay, so go to the liquor store on your okay. way home today and okay. get a bottle of white lillet. Lillet comes in white and red. Okay. And both are equally delicious. They are... Um, Wines that have been infused with botanicals and a little bit of, I want to say brandy, but I'm not certain. So it's fortified wine. Okay. Slightly stronger than regular wine. And it has a kind of rose petal, fresh, um, like wet grass in a good way. Wow. So it's, but it's higher proof than regular straight wine and it's got a lot of sugar in it so okay. it's sweet um, but sweet in a good way yeah <laughs> when people I mean it drives me crazy when you say a wine is sweet and people say oh I don't like sweet wine it's like pass me another coke well, I mean like right there's right, a right. there's a there's place a time and a place okay so sure. this white lillet is absolutely delicious and it doesn't last forever so when you buy a bottle it's not the kind of thing that you can stick in the liquor cabinet okay. and it's going to stay there for 10 so years. So you got to drink it. You got to drink it. And it goes south. I'd say in the fridge, it lasts about a week open and it'll oh. start to oxidize just like any other wine. The color won't be as bright. The flavor won't be as bright. Okay. It won't go bad, but it just doesn't have the same like zippy vibrancy that it has when you first open it. Are they like smaller bottles? No. Or no, just okay. That's part of the problem is you have to buy it in a 750. You just got to get drunk. It's this delicious. perfect Mardi Gras it's drinking. It's really delicious. Okay. And you can also use it like Pour yourself a half a glass of Prosecco and put in the rest, uh, the other half of the glass with white Lillet. It's very oh, delicious. Okay. They're just seltzer water and Lillet. You know, if it's breakfasty. You know, whatever. <laughs> just do you, guys. Back before, back before I went, it was someone who went to bed at 8.30. That was the kind of thing I would start a Sunday with. Um, nice. So the drink itself has just the right amount of sour from the uh, lemon yeah. and sweet from the orange liqueur and the Lillet. And it's called a Corpse Reviver, and it's technically the Corpse Reviver number two. There is a Corpse Reviver number okay. one that's more like a Negroni that I never drank. Okay. Number two is my favorite. We're going number two. And it's the easiest <laughs> drink re- recipe. Like, I, you know, we have friends come over for dinner, and they always say, what can I bring? And a lot of them are really good cocktail people. Okay. Like, make me a cocktail, because it's not my strong suit at all. Okay. So, when, but when I do make a cocktail, it is a Corpse Reviver number two, and it's so delicious. fun. I'm Guys, I'm learning a lot today. <laughs> I am excited. So, and you have dinner plans, right? Well, I think that one of the things I was reading an article today about gumbo, mm-hmm. which I feel like is also very obviously very Mardi Gras. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I've never made a gumbo before. Are you using filet powder? Um, yes. <laughs> sure. So there's filet gumbo. Filet, it's a powder from a plant that I, it's like okay. oak, will make it thick. Like, or but you can use okra to fit thicken. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've heard. Okay, I've heard, Emily's about to, to to tell you guys really how to make this. No, I don't no, know. I, I, I'm really. I just know I have to stir my roux for like an hour right? until it turns. Oh, he's got a Paul, dark can brown. Can I show you Paul Perdome's pictures? Uh, I yeah. feel like I, I I should know this man, and I want to know him before his days come to an end. Guys, let me also just say that I know he was wearing a meat skirt and maybe that the cover isn't so great but he looks like a fun guy like he I was definitely like a super fun guy I've seen him interviewed a corpse reviver with him he's super um, involved in getting the oyster beds relayed after the uh, hurricane after Katrina oh, when, or okay. after not the hurricane the oil spill when all of the oyster beds were destroyed he's yeah. very very active in that and he owns a restaurant in New Orleans called K. Paul, but it was closed when we were there. Yeah. Okay, okay so here on page, it. let's see. It's in the first section of photographs. It, he illustrates the different colors of roux. 
There you go. Now, for listeners who've never made a roux, the word is R-O-U-X. It is French, and it's a thickener that's equal parts fat and flour. So you use either um, canola oil, clarified butter, grapeseed oil, uh, straight butter if you want, and then you put the same amount by weight of flour in, okay. and then you stir it. But you don't have to stir it constantly. Okay, just like heating yeah. it so it doesn't like... You don't want it to burn nice low heat. You can actually... He recommends putting it in the oven and letting it just do its thing in a dry heat environment as opposed to huh. uh, right on the flame. But okay. I've always done it... Paul? I've always done it on the stovetop. My father let me make roux from a very young age, and he used to call it Cajun napalm because if it splattered and got on your skin, <laughs> it burned. Oh my God. <laughs> But it's a really, it's a really, really good technique to use, and it's delicious, and it makes the house smell like delicious, yeah, I mean, buttery stuff. I'm excited. Yeah, I feel like any time like a roux is involved, I'm like, yeah, sure, I'll try that because it just sounds like it'll always be good just by putting that much time into something. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, for, for sure. Me, yeah. Okay, what else is going in your gumbo? Uh, okay, on the on the pressure. Okay, so we're gonna make the roux. It's gonna be shrimp. Okay. Um, and I don't really. I gotta check a. Recipe a little more, Emily. <laughs> we have a, we have a, we have a Bible right here. Okay, you want me to confess something? I do. I don't think I've ever made gumbo. Oh, I don't challenge? think I have. I know that I bought filet powder because it was Paul Prudhomme's brand of spices, and I saw okay. it at the store, and I bought it. I was like, I'm going to make gumbo. Do you have to use filet powder, or like, no. can you just use it? No, you can a just regular use it. purpose. Um, I'm a slacker. Let's see if he has gumbo. Oh, not only does he have a gumbo in here, he has one, two, definition of gumbo, three, guinea hen, and andouille sausage gumbo, four, five, six. He has six different gumbos in here. Wow. So I will let you page through the book. Yeah. You want to borrow it? You can borrow it. Oh, my God. So exciting. I'm not going to Also, I'm excited about your – see, now I'm I'm – I'm all tossed up because I'm really excited about your jambalaya recipe. That's oh, up. Yeah. and it's streamlined for me. And I think I would rather do the Chef Emily P. Um, you know it's what I mean? Entirely, it's entirely up to you. Here, let's see. Gumbo is a Cajun soup. Okay, that's your basic difference. You have to decide: do you want a soup or do you want a rice dish? All right, I think I'm okay. And you know, wait, I'm retracting my statement. Shocking. Um, <laughs> I think I'm going to go rice dish, and I'm going to go the jambalaya, and I'm going to use your recipe that's up on Sharp and Hot. Will you take a picture? Yeah, and okay. I will definitely hashtag it. Sharp oh, and hot. <laughs> okay, speaking of retractions, we're almost out of time, but last week um, I defended Brian Williams and knew, in the words of the Big Lebowski, new shit has come to light, dude. I- <laughs> And I have to retract my support of Brian Williams. Okay. Because as it turns out, it was not a one-off misremembering. Right. He is a chronic misrememberer. And NBC has sicked its own investigative journalist on him. And they are going to start turning over stories. It's I would not want to be him right now. And I'm disappointed because I pretty vehemently, although I heard this week it's pronounced vehemently. Who told you that? I I don't know. I think it was on NPR. (laughs) It's vehemently. (laughs) If it's not, I'm still still saying. I I I was vehemently defending him because I thought like... He's a paid entertainer. The line right. between entertainer and news delivers is very blurred. It's sure. not the era of like just straight news talk. And uh, I don't think he deserves that pass anymore. Fair, yeah. So I'm um, retracting my support because, you know, I, 
I told a story about how I I have found myself in that position, and it's just easier to be like, ah, just let it go, forget I it. I know. It's just I, easier than... I listened to I listened to it in the car, so I, I so you know I knew I knew, but I I hear you. And your new shit has come to light, dude. New shit has come that's to light. That's it. So that's that. Okay, so the recipe for jambalaya is on sharpenhot.com. I have the book plates. I have books all in a pile ready Yay. to be sent out to listeners. Anybody wants uh, in on the Chef Emily collection? Hashtag sharpenhot your picture on Instagram of either your jambalaya or whatever you make make something yeah Put do it guys do it with me i'm excited i'm right. definitely gonna, gonna do it i'm gonna have a corpse it. reviver tonight actually i probably won't tuesdays are a bear for me <laughs> i'm gonna have a corpse reviver tomorrow i made a heart-shaped cake on the 15th of this weekend because on the 14th i was also working so <laughs> it's like i'm keeping with my habit one day later okay uh, and you are going to be hosting the show solo next week because at this time i'm gonna be sitting on a lounge chair next to a pool in puerto rico i know I don't feel bad for you. Should I call so in? That would be that would be. Rub, fun. It, I mean, rub it in our faces. I could, yeah, sure. I could just call in and give you a like quick, like a quick five minute like what my what life from here. I feel just like, like that splash would be really around, fun. splashing around in the pool. So I, we can I could hear swim it, you know? right up to the bar if you yeah. want. Yeah, <laughs> and I feel like that'll go well because it's like kind of a, a life outside of the box. Um, my friend Leanne Brown is going to be joining us, and she. Um, was just recently on Forbes 30 under 30 list. Oh, she wow. um, just put out the cookbook Good and Cheap, um, How to Eat Well uh, on $4 a Day. And she is a badass. And I'm super excited to have her in the studio. And it's free. Yeah. The cookbook's free, right? It's free. Um, and I think there's another one going into production right now that's actually going to be available in store. So, I'm, yeah, it's I'm very honestly, cool. I'm honestly sorry to miss it, but I am not sad to be in Puerto Rico. <laughs> no, I, I think you're you're going to have a great well. time. We all just have to pray that there's that it doesn't snow enough on Sunday to keep the plane on the ground on okay. Monday morning. Okay. <laughs> you got it. All right, everybody. Until next week, uh, keep playing with fire and knives. Thanks for listening to this program on heritageradionetwork.org. You can find all of our archived programs on our website or as podcasts in the iTunes store by searching Heritage Radio Network. You can like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at Heritage underscore radio. You can email us with questions anytime at info at heritageradionetwork.org. Heritage Radio Network is a 501c3 nonprofit. To donate and become a member, visit our website today. Thanks for listening. <laughs>